Culture Guy podcast. The program for those of you who live, work, dream, imagine themselves across cultures and cultural borders. Welcome, everybody. This is the Culture Guy podcast. I am your host, Christian, also known as the Culture Guy. And those of you who have been listening to this program for a while, you probably noticed something. This is not the music that we typically use to get the program started. No, it is not. We thought, I thought we'd change it up a little bit. And this is a track called Du um die Ip by an act from Germany called Seppalot. He is a friend of mine. He also is the godfather of our first daughter. He's an overall great, excellent friend and amazing musician. He's currently, well, when I'm recording this, this is the late February episode of 2019. He is currently, that's why it's current, he's currently touring Germany with the Seppalot Quartet. Um, if you get a chance, Google him, SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, whatever you use to find him, Sepalot, you'll find the name and the track name and the license to this song in the show notes. I would highly encourage you to check it out. And from one friend to the next, I have happened to record an interview with a friend of mine that I met years ago uh, when she was living in the United States. And I almost forgot about it. I'm very sorry, Inesh. But I did not really forget about it because I happened across this recording of our interview and I thought, oh man, this is so good. Um, Inesh lived across cultures for years, um, not just across one cultural border, but more than one. She's a serial expatriate, if you ask me. And she returned to her native country. And during our conversation, she reflects um, over the experience she had. So without further ado, here's Inesh. Welcome, Inesh Nascimento on the Culture Guy podcast. How are you today, Inesh? Hi, Christian. I'm great. How are you? I'm splendid. Did I pronounce your name right? Yes, you did. So for, for all our it's listeners... It's not easy, I know. For all of our listeners who do not speak Portuguese, how do you pronounce your name? Inês Nascimento. Nascimento. That, that, that even sounds like a song. It's, there's a few languages in the world that have a melody, and Portuguese is certainly one of them. It's, English isn't one of them. German isn't one of them, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately. And to those of you uh, out there who recognize this was Portuguese, um, so I guess I should have said bom dia, right? Uh, yes, but that's more Brazilian ah. type of Portuguese. That's the, actually, um, I told you this before, I believe, that we say that uh, the Portuguese um, sp uh, spoken in Brazil, they say it's Portuguese with sugar because that's much more 
musical than the Portuguese from Portugal. Our Portuguese is a little uh, dry. Someone compared with Russian, I don't know. Um, so I think the Portuguese from Brazil, that's, that's the one you are. So Bom Dia is more Portuguese from Brazil. So what bon is, dia. What is the, the bon dia. Bon dia is the proper greeting in Portugal. Bon mm -hmm. Okay. So when you say Brazilian Portuguese is Portuguese with a little bit of sugar on top, then let's make mm -hmm. the musical comparison. Then the Brazilian Portuguese is samba and bossa and the portuguese uh, language is fado or it's definitely fado okay good definitely so all the um hmm, sadness the fate there's nothing you can do about it that's all about us okay yes. that's pretty much ingrained in our culture for sure so now instead of a proper introduction dear listeners we have Uh, a crash course in Portuguese-Brazilian differences here. Now, I love it. <laughs> so, now you learned that Inês is from Portugal, and she is here today because she spent... Well, first of all, I've known Inês for years because our paths crossed when we were both living in the beautiful state of Tennessee in the United States. And Inês and her family spent a total of four years in Tennessee. She was an expatriate with her family and then she went on to live in China for almost two years and I thought this is I, I need to have Inesha on the podcast we've we've talked about this for months and while she was still living in China it wasn't as easy for us to connect with a 12-hour time difference now that she's back in in Lisbon in or how do I say it Lisboa Perfect. Um, now that she's back in Portugal, that's the safe one to say for me. Um, it's a lot easier for <laughs> us to connect. So, Inej, six years abroad, um, you had a child while you were gone. You were pregnant. You became a mom as an expatriate. How does it feel to be back home? Like we were talking offline, um, I'm, I still feel a little bit of an expat um, here in Lisbon because it's been recent. The, the movie is pretty recent. And I still, and for the six years we, we were abroad, um, I came here only twice. Mm. So uh, we opted to discover the world around us instead of coming here during the summer vacations or other. Um, so it's now I'm appreciating again Uh, what it is to be in Lisbon, to live here. So I was telling you, uh, looking at the blue skies that we didn't see often um, back in China or um, seeing the differences because Lisbon changed a lot. Uh, it's much more dynamic and I, I appreciate that as a Portuguese for sure, but I still feel a little bit as an expat as well. I still feel a little foreigner in my own country. Mm -hmm. Because six years abroad also shaped your view of the world and you had experiences that some of your family members or friends from back in college days did not have, right? And your, your, your outlook on life may be a little bit different than it was before you left. Absolutely. Um, six years is a lot, considering that I'm still quite young. 
ha. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also the fact that it was in a crucial uh, time of my life. So I just got married, then we immediately left to the U.S. And like you said, I, I, I continue my career there. Uh, what, some of my most um, challenging um, jobs were there, but at the same time, I got pregnant, I had a kid, I had to deal with all the challenges of a new mom in a different country knowing nothing about babies uh, and then all the being friends of couples with with babies too all this social personal aspect of the expat life that I, did, I had no experience when I was living here right um, so that also shaped me as a person uh, not only as a professional so we're six years but six years in a crucial time of my life our lives um, I think it makes um, a big difference if you if I was going for six years when I was in my 50s or not to say that it wouldn't be um, it wouldn't have an impact. But I think the fact that it was in this particular moment in my life mm -hmm. really um, changed. What, what were some of the biggest challenges that you encountered for the first time you left? So you, you came from from Lichburn to to the Chattanooga, Tennessee area. What were some of the um, big differences that you noticed right away? Uh, what I noticed is everything that I knew about the U.S. was wrong or not applicable. Wrong in a sense, not applicable to that particular region mm -hmm. of the country. So what I knew about the U.S. was the movies. The, so basically Hollywood or New York from movies, TV series, even books. Um, the authors I used to read were from that, those parts of the country. So when I got there, it was um, a surprise. So Very different. So Tennessee is not New York, Tennessee is not Hollywood, and it's not the movies. <laughs> what was it then? If, if, if it wasn't what you expected, what did you encounter? Very different. Um, Almost in certain aspects, much more um, similar to Portugal, in the sense that much more the relationships matter a lot, mm -hmm. more than what at least what is portrayed in the, again in the Hollywood movies. Right. Um, much more um, uh, the. People are much closer to the family, so they live with the families, or at least they they meet regularly. Mm -hmm. That's something that is very common to the Portuguese culture as well, um, that I was not expecting to see. So those those aspects that are that I was not again I was not expecting to see those um, similarities. On the other hand. Um, the fact that it was not as diverse as I was expecting, or meaning at least the, 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 you can see the neighborhoods and they don't mix. Oh, yes. The different races, the different cultures. Um, so that, that surprised me because one of the things that I wanted to live was that melting pot that I was expecting that it didn't exist back in, in Portugal. And when I, I arrived there, I could see there's not 
so melting as I thought. Yes, this the is the pot is not the, so. The, this is so. A, this is something that I've been struggling with as well. The 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 narrative of the U.S. Um, of that of a melting pot doesn't doesn't really reflect reality. And I think that's the story that the people of the United States would like to tell. It is more of a salad bowl or a mosaic and and the the ingredients have their own distinct size and shape and color they don't really mix all that well and especially as you said in an area like like Tennessee where we both lived where it's still rather well the word is comes charged but i'm i'm saying it anyway it's rather segregated um and not because people are told to live that way however it seems like they still prefer to live that way in, in a in a separate next to each other instead of with each other way right absolutely yeah. uh, absolutely and I think part of it is what you said it's not uh, it's more the mosaic or the salad bowl like you said they have their own culture and it's it, it's quite different even Chattanooga where I used to live it's a relatively small city for the states right but um, I, I can see the different cultural aspects of the different um, races or uh, origins mm -hmm. um, and and they don't they 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 get along I didn't I think so for the most part but they are different they are right. not There's a DNA of the American, but it's also DNA of being African-American or um, white or Hispanic. And right. you can see that clearly there. Right, right. I agree. How, how was that different when you moved to, uh, to Tianjin in, in, in China? Um, you can also see that, for mm -hmm. sure. Mm -hmm. um, but in a different way. Um, I think in that case, it's more Chinese versus the others. Okay. And the fact, and the reason why is in Tianjin, so I moved to Tianjin. Tianjin, it's two hours away from Beijing and has 15 million people living there. But there's a tiny percentage of, of the population who is not local. Mm. By local, I mean Chinese. Most right. of them are actually local from that region, but non-Chinese. So you see the locals and then the expats. And the expats are mixed because the, the community is too small, in the particular case of Tianjin, that you can separate. Otherwise, it will be 10 of each. So 10 Portuguese, maybe 20 Germans, <laughs> uh, 40 Uh, from the U.S., so of course we all mix together because we are. It's such a small community. Um, but again, you also have the typical expat communities. But I didn't see in Tianjin um, community only for expats. So you okay. could see a couple there were um, that the expats tended to to live at. But where I used to live, there were maybe 20 families, expat families, but the rest, and I'm talking about maybe 200 or more, were locals. Okay. So you could see them mixed, um, and more and more, because the Chinese are also very curious about uh, 
the Western world in particular. So they, they try to mix and, and interact with you as much as possible. Now, it is obvious, um, or not obvious, but I think it, m most Westerners expect there, as you described it earlier, expect there to be more similarities and differences when they come to another quote-unquote Western country, like you came from Western Europe to North America. You, Yes, you were taken aback that rural Tennessee was not like Hollywood in New York. However, you, you notice there's a lot of similarities which help you navigate the differences. Now, with when Westerners interact with um, Asia, especially with East Asia, um, there are the expectations are of a lot more differences and, and you hope for commonalities. Um, did you did you notice that you had more difficulty fitting into the United States or more difficulty fitting into China? What was your experience? Um, China. Difficulty in the sense that if I really want to experience the local life, because if you want to be in the so-called expat bubble, it's mm -hmm. probably easier in China because there's there's really an expat bubble there as opposed to Chattanooga because it's so small that there's no expat bubble there. So you, in China, it's big enough that you can live there and stay there while you are living as an expat. Um, if you want, but if you want to get out of that bubble and really experience it's, it's much more difficult. And the main reason, of course, there's the cultural reason, but there's a big, big um, barrier that is the language. Right. And there's no way around it because in Tianjin, only a tiny percentage of people speak uh, English. And from those who speak, an even tinier percentage is fluent enough for you to have a conversation. Okay. So that's the first barrier there and it's hard to overcome because Mandarin, unless you already knew before, it takes a while. Mm. Um, from that perspective, it's hard to understand. But I think there's an advantage is that we Westerns, the generalizing here, um, we are curious about how they live, what they think, how they have their, build their lives, but they are also very curious about us. Mm -hmm. um, and that, that facilitates the interaction, even if with broken Mandarin or English in the middle, because that's, there's that natural curiosity of, okay, I want to know more about you and you want to know more about me, so let's talk. Uh, even if it's like sign so, language sometimes. So the, 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 so the mutual curiosity breaks its way through that language barrier and through that cultural barrier. You find a way to express your emotions or express your, your uh, tell your story in a certain way. Nice. Absolutely. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming, even though one should not assume, but I have, I have a feeling that this breaking through to the other side in China or in the U.S. wasn't always easy. I'm sure you had one or two situations when you thought you knew what you're doing and then it turned out you made a mistake. Um, do you remember any of those times when when Inesh stepped on somebody's toes abroad? I remember several. <laughs> Tell us the worst uh, one. But um, 
I don't know about the, I don't know if this is the worst, but I want to maybe give you an example. Um, we've been talking about the social personal life, but maybe giving an example for my professional life. Like right. we talk about, I, I kept my job and my career while living abroad in China. I was, um, working as an independent consultant. So what I did, I, I would go regularly to meetings with companies to talk about their challenges and understanding how could I contribute to, to help to overcome those challenges. And the first meeting, or one of the first, I went, it was a local, 100% local company. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the mistake that I did, I act like not only a Western, but more, a, I would say, Anglo-Saxon Western in the mm. sense that I went straight to the point. Mm. So if it would be even here in Portugal, it's, it's a mistake, but there even more. So I was not trying to build the relationship. I went straight to the point. Okay, this is what I can offer. I did this project and this, and this is the price. So all the Okay. And that was the biggest mistake, okay? Um, because you discussed in your podcast m- many times and in your articles, um, in those cultures, they value a lot the relationship. Right. Uh, and, and they need to trust you before they do business with you. And that's a, a, a long-term or relatively long-term commitment from your end as a consultant. Say, no, I'm not getting anything from this meeting. I'm just planting the seed mm-hmm. and we are going to grow and water the plant and mm-hmm. let it grow. And maybe in the future, this something will happen. Mm-hmm. So I learned it the hard way because they immediately shut their faces off oh. and like, no, I don't want to hear anything about it. Forget. And, and of course, I've never heard back from them because... Mm. It was really um, a no-no for sure in terms of, which is interesting because I also work in the intercultural field. But well, that that, ju- that just there. shows us, and 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 I was about to to tell our audience this, and I, I hinted at it at the introduction that you work in in talent management and and the global mobility arena. So you, throughout your career, you've always had to deal with colleagues. Um, in the organizations that you worked with or worked for that were sent abroad. So you've been around the expatriation world as a service provider in the industry for, for many years. So one might say, well, Inesh, you should have known better. Of course, we all make those mistakes. I, I still screw up and in, in a country that I've lived in for 14 years and my my parents in Europe would say, well, son, you should have known better than to do that. Of course, we, we're humans. We make mistakes. Now, what would have been the smarter way to enter that business meeting? What what could you have done better? Or now that you know this, how would you approach it today? And, you know, Christian, of course, I knew the theory. But um, for... Um, a series of reasons uh, and in our interactions before the meeting I was led to think and I'm not trying to say it was their fault or nothing like that I was led to think by myself um, that oh no they, they understand this they, they've been exposed to 
um, consultants or professionals from other cultures. So there's no need to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, because they mentioned several times we work with this company and that company, all Western companies, and we are used to, and some of our employees go abroad for uh, seminars or Congress um, in Europe and the US. So you assume, okay, oh, okay, because if this happens, of course, I don't need to do all this relationship thing. Mm-hmm. I just need to go straight to the point and that's it. And then, of course, I was totally wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think um, what I've learned, again, it's it's about this this trusting factor, okay? So you don't, the next meetings with ne- the other clients, what I did is I'm not, I'm open. First of all, I'm here to listen, to understand what are your issues, what is going on, and then share my experience and show a little bit of vulnerability as well. Uh, I don't think, at least in that part of the country, the, the, the portrait of, you know all, I see, I've seen it all, I know all, so let's get this done. It doesn't, it doesn't really um, connect with them. So you need to feel that connection. Mm-hmm. You need to feel also, in this particular case, because Tianjin is not so open, to it's just starting now, so it's not Beijing or Shanghai. Mm-hmm. It's 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 very Chinese from that perspective. Um, you need to also show interest to, uh, about the way they do things uh, and try to understand. No, it's not all wrong just because it's different from what we do or not productive. So try to to build that and understand that. And then, of course, that's true for in all cases but especially true there because um, there's this sense that the Westerns go there and say oh it's all wrong our way is the only way of doing right. things so I, I've, I've learned and to be patient because <laughs> sometimes we just want to get the project done or and no it takes it takes a while but but what I noticed also is that after the the relationships that we build are so much more long-term. They, they have this long-term perspective. They are stronger. They, they, they almost see you as a, a counselor in, a, in the sense that even if it's not a topic related to your expertise, they may call you and say, what do you think? They just, so you, you open the door to, to, a relationship that wouldn't be open if you were just focusing on get it done for this particular project. So, so in order to build that long-term relationship and uh, or in, in in the Chinese culture to to establish your network, your your guangxi, it is it takes more patience and effort. However, the payoff is long-term. It's not a transactional um, business relationship. It's one that. Um, can bear fruit many times over, not just once, right? Absolutely. And not only, like I said, it can spread to other areas of the business or even outside of the business. Hmm. Uh, I, I, can, I consider myself a close friend to some of those professionals that I encounter when I moved there. Because it, it develops a relationship. They understand how I work, what are my values. I understand theirs. Not necessarily they are common, but there's a common understanding 
of the what is similar, what is different, and what do we want and need from this relationship, which right. is something that sometimes in the in the Western world we don't even we we think we cannot afford the time to do that. Which is sometimes a shame, right? So it it it, it takes it, it takes is. it takes us getting outside of our our native environment to see that there are other ways to do things. There's more, uh, the European phrase would be, there are more ways that, or more roads that lead to Rome than, uh, than the one that you're walking on, right? So now, Absolutely. N n now the, the roads led you back to, to your native lands, to Portugal. Uh, good luck with finding or rediscovering your, your own culture after having been away for such a long time. Good luck with, or much success to you and your family and to, to raising your son. I know he's about ready to go to school soon, right? Should be next year, I guess? Uh, next, uh, no, actually he's uh, four and a half. So it, it, will, it will be in two, two years. school okay. years. He, he, so. he, he will go to school in his parents' language, which is a good foundation, right? After, he, actually, it's he's in a bilingual school. So well, he's an American child, right? He was born in the U.S. So he, true, true. <laughs> so he he speaks both, uh, and I think I can see both cultures mm -hmm. mixed there as well. So hopefully, he will continue that. Yes, you know, how do people find you? We we will paste the the link to the website. Um, it's it's fairly new, right? R remind me what what's the name of your website? It's thrivethroughtransition.com. Thrivethroughtransition.com. Triple T. You, you can check out my, my services there, what I do, some articles I publish. Right. And also you can find me on LinkedIn and on Twitter. We'll, we'll make sure to post it all in the show notes. Just make sure you check on the website or check on the show notes and wherever you're listening to this, um, there's multiple ways to get to this podcast. Make sure you click on the link, check out Ines and her website, see what she's doing in the global mobility arena. Thank you for taking time. Um, now, what would be the, the proper goodbye in Portuguese? Is it bo boa tarde? Uh, I don't, I don't, boa tarde, obrigada. Obrigada, all right. That is thanks, right? Obrigado. But you can also say, exactly, you can also say, xie, xie. <laughs> that is thank you in, in Mandarin. So. All right, so now you heard it in Lisboa, they speak Mandarin fluently now. <laughs> and we, 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 are all... we actually have a big community here. Well, then that, that's the way to go. Then you can practice what you started in, in Tianjin and your son can practice his Mandarin while he's back in his native lands. Inej, Absolutely. thank you for taking time. And I, I will catch, in, uh, catch up with you in a couple of years after you really got settled in, in, in Lisbon. And you can tell our audience what it is like to, to come back and how, how a country changed while you were gone and how you changed. Absolutely. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you, Chris. It was a pleasure. Inês Nascimento From Portugal to the United States to China and back home to Western Europe. What a journey. Um, 
if you get a chance, check out her LinkedIn, check out her um, Twitter. Uh, her website is up and running. I know since we talked, Inesh and I, she took another job. She does both things. She's got her consulting gig going, but she's also back in the global mobility and human resources consulting world. I'm, I'm happy to have met her and I'm glad she was able to share her experiences with us. And um, yeah, check, check out her profiles, get in touch with her and comment on the show notes, comment on um, the Culture Mastery website, comment on Facebook and LinkedIn on Twitter interact with us let us know how what you like best about this episode what your experiences have been maybe you've been an expat to the united states or to china or to both or maybe to portugal so let us know don't be a stranger we want to interact with you and maybe you will be one of the future guests on this program Yeah, and another new song. Did you recognize that? This one is called Rainbows. It's a live recording by the Sepulet Quartet. And it's from the album called A New Cycle. I will leave you with this for today, the Culture Guy podcast from Atlanta, Georgia in the United States via Lisboa and Jiangjing with Inej Nascimento. I hope you check us out in the archives. Go listen through older episodes if you haven't done so already. And stay tuned. New episodes are coming up um, hopefully soon. I got some very interesting interview guests already lined up and recorded. You don't want to miss that. In the meantime, make sure you... Check out our socials, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram. Connect with us, engage with us, comment, suggest guests, if maybe yourself, somebody else that you know, and, well, trust your process. Interact with culture. Because as they say, if you don't get culture, eventually culture will get you. This is it for now. The Culture Guy's out, and I'm leaving you with Rainbows by the Sepalat Quartet.